so we're talking about um like everything right now with the uh, across the board ai is uh taking over in places like content generation it's taking over in places um i actually it was funny i was sitting uh doing some research the other day and there's a podcast out there that is two ai chatbots talking to each other with different uh, historical voices. So the other day I was listening to Alan Watts get interviewed by like, it was the AI Alan Watts being interviewed by somebody else. I forget which, but it was like two AIs talking to each other. So what does that mean for us in, uh, in the podcasting business? What does it mean for folks, uh, for their marketing broader, uh, broader range? Sure. So this is something that we're exploring ourselves at podcast chef figure out how our larger content strategy, what the process is going to be, what our goals are going to be into the future and how we're breaking down and managing that as such. I've spent about two weeks now studying whatever the latest is at the moment in terms of what's happening with SEO, search engine optimization, how is content being created and produced, what tools and resources are people using and even all the way to who's creating it. Is it still organic? human written for the most part? Is it largely being AI generated? Long story short, there's a lot of change underway at the moment. So I've learned quite a bit. You have some specific questions. I can dive into that to a certain extent, but I think it's important. I think overall, when it comes to all this stuff, because it's easy to get lost. There's so much going on, especially right now, there's a lot of change underway. New tools and resources are coming to market every day. And obviously with what we do at Podcast Chef, we help people create organic content through podcasting. So you're interviewing people, you're asking questions. That's almost exclusively done by people, at least for now. Um, but in some of these other formats, some of that stuff is starting to change. People are looking for, everyone's always looking for a leg up, right? Like how do I climb SEO search rankings, for example? And AI, I think promises a lot in terms of it can create a lot of content really fast. But part of that question is, is that a good thing? Because there's some misleading information out there, I think, and it's a little confusing to kind of get your head around in terms of, is that a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Like, if I do that, am I going to get a Google slap? And all of a sudden, all that effort I put into it is going to be for nothing? Or is that the new normal? And if I should I be doing that if I'm not doing that? Because if I'm not, then I'm being left behind and I'm missing out on an opportunity. So long story short here, I've got Plenty of context to share. What questions do you have? <laughs> well, I think it's I think it's important to like start with the end in mind, right? So um let's let's start with the easy stuff. We talk about um SEO and all that kind of stuff and, and who it's for and why it's for. And in the past, you know, the game here is um Google's got a black box that is their search algorithm. And your mission in many ways is you know, having an online storefront was to try and figure out what's in that black box, what the Google algorithm magic is, so you can get your website listed in the right places in front of your potential buyers and stuff like that. The compelling challenge that we're running up against, and Google's making these changes now and in almost real time, um, is that search is changing significantly by itself. So all the old stuff that you used to do, the keyword stuffing and the article spinning and all of the crazy stuff that that meant that may probably never worked well in the beginning, um, certainly isn't gonna work in the future as Google uses uh, and, and Bing and all the kind of stuff are using a GPT-like interface for search. So how do you know people like us uh, who are out there trying to, to get you know new clients and attract the right kind of folks, 
deal with the fact that search is changing now super quick and what can we do to keep up? Great question. And this is part of what I kind of set out to answer for us as we figure out how our process evolves. So long story short here, the abbreviation first I think is that basically don't panic is my first suggestion <laughs> because the hitchhiker's guide will always who, save you, right? <laughs> yes. Like I'm having conversations with people and they're like, websites aren't going to be a thing anymore. Writing content's not going to be a thing anymore. I don't really think any of that is true uh, to a large extent. I think like anything else in technology, it's going to evolve, right? We've seen that with how Google has changed what you will receive back in terms of search engine results or whatever. Like pagination is gone. That they made that change, not even I didn't realize it. There's no more page two on Google. It just continually loads more results. What's at the top is changing as well. Also, they're trying different formats that includes visual elements, some video, things like that. Um, ads and organic results are also largely expected to change. And there's mobile and there's web and there's all kinds of stuff. But to try to keep this a little bit simpler, I think what I believe is most likely, right? Because I study companies like Google, it's a lot of my expertise in SaaS, and it's, they need people to continue to produce organic content. Even if they're going to use AI, like generative AI more heavily in order to present the results to you, they're still dependent on the content in order to produce the results because the AI is not necessarily creating it, it's like finding it. So it's going to those sources, it's compiling it together from different sources and it's presenting it to you. Plus Google's Google's bread and butter for the most part is ads. Like the vast majority of their profitable revenue comes from advertisements. And the incentive for advertisements is to get to the top of the search rankings. But beyond that, there's also competition for the top organic spot, right? So, and it keeps kind of their machine going. So I'm not expecting them to completely cannibalize their business model. I think to a certain extent, maybe a little bit, there's some overreaction here, maybe even on Google's part in terms of how they're responding to all of this, because OpenAI Open and ChatGPT has gotten a lot of press and attention for the tools that they're building, uh, which are very impressive. And Google is figuring out essentially how they're going to respond with BARD and things like that. But I think what's important, number one, is that the processes that we've invested in previously to try to produce results, right? Creating great content and then helping educate people and then also ultimately leveraging that to demonstrate our authority to help try to find people that may need what it is we offer, like the solutions that we provide to the problems that are out there for our target market. That process is largely like to continue to move forward, just might take, it might evolve to a certain extent. And there may be different ways that those pieces all kind of come together. Beyond that, I think you need to maintain a strategy that makes sense for your business. That is something that I think is also going to continue to be important. So basically what I'm saying is don't turn the table over and throw everything out and plan to have to start over again from scratch. I largely still see this as just an evolution on how we've done these things in the past. So I think that's fair and independent of the Google search, which um, you know, uh, the statistics have been bandied around for years and years that like 41% of internet traffic is bots anyway, and that number isn't going to go down anytime soon. Um, internet traffic yep. not necessarily being a great indicator of actual 
anything. It's just uh, probably more important to know that even if even if search gets completely the the tables do get overturned with all of that stuff, um, the reality of the underpinning of your marketing should be relationship based, right? People do not build a relationship with their chat GPT as of yet anyway. Um, and so, so I think there's people working on that. But since since the reality is people want to do business with the folks that they like, know and trust, you're not necessarily going to have to worry too much about the search algorithm changes um, undermining your relationships if you have a good relationship-based marketing approach. But but given all of that, right, there is some stuff, some ways that you can use some of the changes and some of the stuff that's worked traditionally in the past to inform how you build those relationships. So one of the things that that you and I have been working on a lot for Podcast Chef, but but also for other clients has been the, the understanding um, what keywords you can get essentially traction on. Um, and, and I ran into this a lot when I was running Google ads back in the day uh, over a decade ago. There's certain ads, you, you if you're not walking to the table with a $1,000 a day budget, you're never going to get to anywhere near the front page. Um, but how do we do things like maybe identifying great top, topics that we can use to get uh, a little bit of traction in Google? So this is an area where I think it's still largely going to remain strategic while there's, I'd say there's probably like two or three elements of the content creation process from a copywriting perspective. So writing articles that are largely being attempted to be automated at the moment with AI tools. There's the keyword research part that you just mentioned, which usually starts everything. And I think probably should, that's a big takeaway from the homework that I've been doing. The second piece is creating kind of an outline for what type of content it is you want to produce. And the third is actually writing the content. And in order, if I go backwards through those steps, I think that's likely where we're expecting to see the best results in terms of automating those steps from here moving forward, even with the products that are out there at the moment. So I think it's going to be easiest and most common to find the best resources to automate through AI to a certain extent or just make more efficient writing the content, then producing the outlines for the articles, then the keyword research. And I think in reverse order of importance. So I think it's like they're um, inversely kind of proportional to one another, as in I think keyword research is the most important, but I think that's an area where there's the least amount of AI tools and help available at the moment. There's some, but not to like fully automate it because it gets much more strategic terms of like what you're talking about, who your customer is, what their problems are, type of tone that you want to strike, all that kind of stuff. That is a heavy strategy that really informs everything that you should potentially be doing in terms of creating great content and producing the results you're looking for. Those other elements are almost kind of filling in some of the gaps and the pieces once you know what those strategic elements should be. So, but largely I think most of what you should be doing technically, and you know, I'm a I'm guilty of this myself, where I've just kind of created the content I wanted to, which is great. Like if you're doing that and you enjoy that, by all means, I'm not saying necessarily stop that. But what I am saying is I think that can be improved. And the probably the best area of improvement or greatest ROI is to perform some keyword research to first then figure out, well, what are people actually searching for? Because you may be producing some content that's like oven related to it, but it's not perfectly well aligned in that you can get that 
if you can get that better aligned, you may be able to produce significantly better results with only a little bit of change, which would be a great kind of exponential improvement. So you talked about that in the context of things like article writing, which I think is great. Um, but how can that inform a podcast? Uh, how can you take that keyword research and then use it to create maybe some of this more dynamic content, which at least feels more dynamic? I mean, we're, you know, the the emphasis of podcast chef and, and kind of our our value prop is that relationship development, that either the asynchronous relationship development or the, you know, the actual, you know, in the moment relationship development with your guests. So how can you take that keyword research that you're doing and turn that into uh, an effective kind of influence or guide for your actual podcasting activities? Yeah, this is a good question. So there's a certain amount of time that's going to be required to kind of invest into figuring out what are the best keyword opportunities for your business in terms of what you're trying to do. But after you've invested that time, you can get additional return on that investment beyond things like writing content and producing articles. So podcasting, videos, whatever else it is you're investing in in terms of the type of content you want to produce, those can be other areas where you scratch that itch or you focus on those topics. So whatever kind of keyword results it was you're looking for, podcasting for business, for example, that doesn't just need to go into your articles. That can also be what you talk about on your show and your podcast as well. Also, you could find experts on the topic to interview them, or you can do episodes like we do, where we kind of pull apart a topic that we feel is important that to our audience, right? To the folks that we're trying to provide this education and help to. So I think that's part of it, right? Because I see a lot of brands out there and th to a certain extent, there's like trial and error in terms of producing content to understand what works. But I think it should be more like kind of a dartboard approach where it's like, what's the bullseye? And then what are some wins that are maybe not a bullseye, but still on the dartboard that we can try to experiment with as well too. And then over time, where that bullseye ultimately should be may shift based on you having like almost like a scatter plot worth of pieces of content that you've produced in or around a topic to demonstrate that authority and expertise and then climb the search rankings. You can do the same thing with your podcast just as you can with any other forms of content that you're producing as well too. And I think it's largely should be predominantly focused in the area of what the relevant keywords are. And then from that, you can extract a whole bunch of different cool topics that will be relevant for you to talk about on your show. Yeah, I think you're I think you're onto something there in, in that that context. I think it's really important as well to understand that um if you're using your podcast well, um the the audio and video components are only one aspect of the podcast, right? You have the show notes, you have the transcripts. These are all things that benefit from that keyword-based approach. You have then the articles that you can spin out of podcasts and all of that. So it is um uh, I, I think a perpetual kind of daisy chain of influence if you start focusing how you uh, uh, concentrate around given topics and that keyword research that you're doing um, definitely makes sense. So what are your top, you know, couple keyword research tools that you're using at the moment? And I know because AI is what it is, it's going to change in the next 20 minutes. So uh, please look in the show notes. We'll try and keep them quasi updated. But what are the tools you're using right now? Yeah, so long story short, we could do an episode just on a list of SEO and content writing and research tools and there's so much uh, involved with it as well. Also, what I can what I can tell you, at least for now, is that some of them are more common and have been around for a little bit longer that folks are uh, essentially used to at this point. And that's kind of like your 
Ahrefs, your SEMrush, even Google Keyword Planner, which honestly, I still think is one of the best tools out there. And to an extent, you've got some access to some of these tools via free trials or available for free. There are a few others as well, too, that we can link in the show notes that I've experimented with, with some good results. But I think what's important here is not all of these tools, like the step that I think is largely not automated, where I haven't found great help in terms of producing results here is how to start because they're all dependent upon you providing an initial keyword. So you need to know enough about this topic to be dangerous, to understand where you should be starting before you ultimately are leveraging these tools. Like you can't just go to one of these tools and say like, give me a list of keywords that's gonna help me find my ideal customer. You have to provide them with something. So the tool itself doesn't do that part. You need to know essentially where you wanna start. And then from there, if you provide kind of a root keyword, then it can spit out a bunch of other keywords and then all the relevant metrics that you can use to decide where are the opportunities like keyword difficulty, search volume, PPC costs, stuff like that. So you you pointed out something that I think is really important and it's easy to get lost. Um, the keywords need to be related to your ideal client. And that um, I know it's it's remedial for the regular marketing folks on the, you know, listening to the show here, but um, it is absolutely vital that if you have no idea who your ideal client profile is, um, you better figure that out or all of these tools actually get more dangerous. You, it, the risk of you using them incorrectly to solve your problem is outrageous. And so I've, I've worked with uh, folks in the, in the podcasting space now for a little bit. And when you ask them who their ideal client is and they don't have a good answer for that, um, the bad news is like there's nothing that can help you with that unless you start doing some meaningful inquiry on your client. And so I want to point, um, and we'll also point in the show notes, we've talked a little bit about this in the past in terms of like, how do you then take and identify your ideal client, turn that into things like productive keywords. But I think that's definitely a topic we want to dig deeper into on a future episode. Um, and you have some related content, I think, on one of your other channels for that as well, right? Yeah, we could talk about that as well. In fact, I'll probably just uh, link to some of it in the show notes as well Great. as what I found super helpful on YouTube and other platforms. As I was diving deeper into this, I found some great resources on these topics for other folks to check out as well, too. Awesome. Thank you so much. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Consulting Trap. If you have suggestions for future episodes or would like to be a guest on our show, please send me an email at brian at podcastchef.com. That's B-R-I-A-N at P-O-D-C-I-S-T-C-H-E-F dot com. Before we go, we'd like to thank the sponsor of our show, Podcast Chef. Podcast Chef helps turn ordinary podcasting into a revenue-generating lead magnet for your consulting business. Our podcasting done-for-you service takes away the headache of starting up and running your own podcast. Reach out now to take advantage of our 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit us at podcastchef.com to find out how our team of experts can help you leverage podcasting to take your business to the next level. Hey, you. Yes, you. It's uh, 2024 and you don't have a podcast yet. Or maybe you do, but you're struggling with it. Uh, we will talk to you about that uh, for free. We'll help you figure out uh, where you might be stuck, uh, whether or not we can help you for sure. But also, uh, if you don't have one yet, what are the like 
first five things you can do. Uh, what are some great angles that you can use to make sure that your podcast was sustainable as you start to develop that moving forward? Uh, those consults are free. So reach out at the link below uh, in the show notes or email me at brian at podcastchef.com. Thanks. Hi, this is Brian. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, our website, podcastchef.com, has a ton of useful information about how to best leverage podcasting to help you solve some of your business goals and challenges. You can also schedule a demo uh, where we can show you how specifically Podcast Chef and our team can help you with some of your podcasting goals. Thanks. Thanks.